0: You are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life.
1: Good morning, or afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening to this week's Echo Church Podcast. Today, I am here with Lizzie and Isaiah Lasea, and we are going to be talking about trusting God. And what that means to them as a couple and as individuals. So with that said, would either of you like to share on what it means to fully trust God for yourselves personally, financially, in your marriage? It's open book.
2: Yeah, I think the first thing that came to mind when we talked about that is just for our marriage itself. I think we've been on this journey of Lizzie being the only one that's working and really trusting God and like yeah I work part-time but thankfully Lizzie's working and some days are easier than others and some days are great and you're like feeling like we're okay and then some days you just feel like defeated I guess in some ways but I think that's what came to mind to me the most is like that's just like where we're at right now Mm -hmm. and you know some people maybe walk through that for their whole life or you know for us it was definitely a new season to have two people that We know, both of us have this crazy work ethic that get like, like lost if we're not at work or like doing work. And then for me to like pull back, you know, 95% (laughs) to doing nothing really, than to her working herself is just like, it's harder for me, I feel like, than on her, you know, just like so many aspects.
1: What was that like for you quitting your job, Mm -hmm. like fully stepping out and saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you on this?
2: Yeah. I feel like for me, it was finally an act of obedience to walk into that. So there was still this like, yes, scariness or fear. Mm -hmm. But then at the same point, it was like, it's going to be like, God has affirmed this over and over. And he's spoken it out to other people, not just like my spirit, but like other people have affirmed. And so it was like, still scary, still fear driven in some ways. But then at the same point, I had complete peace, Mm -hmm. which is like, I mean, that's what scripture states like we'll have peace beyond all understanding and like <laughs> i didn't know what was happening or what was gonna go down but here we are you know and i think again it puts that trust factor into a bigger play even though i'm earthly here i'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. sometimes lizzie's uncomfortable but we know that god had said do this and just trust so
1: well wow, that's very admirable lizzie from your perspective what was that like as his partner and watching him fully trust God in that.
0: Yeah. I think even just when Isaiah had just spoken about having peace in that decision, what like came to my heart was like, well, yeah, that's what trust is. And we try to like make trust this big thing. And trust really is just having peace with the decision and knowing that in that decision you're honoring God. And so I think just in Isaiah's decision to leave his full-time position, it was like, okay, you're going to leave this full-time position, but you're honoring God in it. And that's what we're called to do. And I think just even me and Isaiah's background a little bit, Catherine yeah. knows good our one. dating story and coming together just this time dating. We like started dating because we're like, the main thing that we both want to do with our lives is honor god and we're going to be able to do that together better and so Mm -hmm. isaiah being able to leave his full-time position and this is like fully just kind of talking around the time or the aspect of maybe money more than Mm -hmm. i mean time gets sacrificed too just especially with me working extra but him leaving his full-time position was like well what's money if you're going to be using your time which money comes and goes, but time just keeps passing. Hmm. And so if it's your time you're using to honor God and that, like the financial aspect will be figured out.
1: Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And so obviously, you know, like it's, I mean, yeah, I just can't even imagine the level of trust in that. Honestly, like I have, This probably my hardest thing with God is fully trusting him. Not necessarily, I would say in finances, but just overall in my life. What is that look like practically in a sense of your day-to-day. So obviously it's not easy. It puts strain on your relationship. How have you guys, you've been married, what, three months? I yeah. know. Hey,
2: yeah, something like four
1: that. Four
0: months, I don't
1: know. Right? Yeah. What's today? Oh, four yesterday. Four yesterday. Oh, <laughs> four, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> four yesterday. We're knocked over, folks. Four months. <laughs> four months. Uh. So honestly, like, this is nothing against your new marriage, yeah. your new relationship, or your age, but people often, and I'm going to get emotional, just forewarn- forewarning listeners, people will really discount young individuals, Mm -hmm. young married couples Mm -hmm. and kind of just say, well, yeah, really? Is it, was it that difficult? But I know practically, I mean, you're in this place where it's like, yeah, it was scary and I did it, but asking two questions now, what does that look like on a day to day? Like, are you guys on this? I mean, you can share or not share full page when it comes to finances and like what that looks like on your time. How do you make intentional time now that you have to be, you know, you're working full time and you're, you may not be working full time, but I say you're very busy and involved in our community. Yeah, 100%. Um, And so that sense of giving God your time and that, back to my first question, what does that look like practically in your day-to-day? Like, how do you navigate that? Because I know finances and trusting God and specifically married couples coming together is like one of the hardest things for relationships to do. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think as like one of our, biggest things like during premarital counseling that comes to mind is like you finance is like one of the biggest reasons for separation in marriage. And I think for us, like we so thankful to have great people like disclose that. Cause I feel like some, a lot of times you don't want to get people into the real conversations or the real issues of marriage because people like, Oh, it's this great thing, which it is. God created marriage for good Holy covenant, but there's, there is work to be put in. But I think like on a day to day for both of us to realize, and Lizzie can speak on her behalf, but we have to realize that we are an ally. Like we are each other's best teammate. Like, so if that's one of us feeling down, or if that's, you know, me just being hard on myself. Cause like, it, like I said, it's uncomfortable not having a full-time job or like full-time finances coming in, but it's like understanding and reminding myself and reminding Lizzie, you know, like God, God said, and, like, I would say even throughout this process, the things that kind of keep us going even, not that it's like <laughs> we're down and out all of our days, but, like, when those days come, it's reminding ourselves of the faithfulness that we've seen God come through. Because, like, He has. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't been scared for certain things. We, we're we like, oh, we can still do this stuff. You know, like, all this stuff happens. Or like, oh, hey, Isaiah, do you want to do some? Some design work or something like randomly will just come up and it's like faithfulness. Like mm-hmm. God's in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just by random that happens in the midst of this season. At least that's the way yeah, in the lens sure. that I see through that.
1: Do you feel like it's do you feel more pressure on yourself, Lizzie? I mean, you I think too looking at you and obviously I've known you both, Isaiah, since you were thirteen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just say that. But do you feel like in a sense, like obviously you Preface your relationship, and obviously, God's timing is great whether or not you guys try to make it work years ago. But I look at you both as individuals, and as you stand alone, you both have been able to really listen to God and hear clearly. And I, I mean, Lizzie, one of the first times I met you, you were carrying around your Dave Ramsey envelopes (laughs) with all your labels and your cash. Mm -hmm. And I know you were what I mean, that's. I I'm a sure that's that, but
0: probably 16 you're, yeah, or 17. Yeah, you
1: are young. So, do you feel like that sets you up? Your mm-hmm. guys' faithfulness and diligence to God as individuals at a young age mm-hmm. has helped propel your marriage forward and where you're at now, or yeah, I think like you can. I mean, if you come back thinking about like
0: generosity and just tithing and trusting mm-hmm. in God, and that's kind of what we're talking about for me, I had a class in high school, and yeah, like, um, okay, so not discrediting being young and starting or being young like in our marriage or whatever but I had a class in high school that was the Dave Ramsey class and I think that's where I grasped these like starting points and which is huge and a lot of people don't learn that but that's I mean that was a huge part of like my individual financial story but then also like we had people I could probably say for the both of us that lived that out by example of how to be generous how to be giving how to like steadfast and faithful in like financial ways. But then we also had people in our lives that like maybe didn't. And mm. we lived through that too. And so I think that plays a lot
1: into our story. How would you encourage someone, you know, whether it's a youth student or a young adult that isn't in a relationship that maybe doesn't have that understanding that they can do research on finances or it doesn't have to be such a like sticky or taboo conversation? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think just going back to like the original kind of quote unquote Dave Ramsey envelope system, it encourages you to be generous and in that he really encourages tithing at 10%. When I was 16 and learned that I didn't tithe, but I did, I was generous and I feel like at a young age, you can be generous in buying your friends coffee and, you know, like through life that kind of, or whatever it is, Um, I'm biased to the coffee aspect, but (laughs) um, I think that God wants us to be free in so like all ways of our life. And to, when you were asking me that question, I just felt like God wants us to be free. And in that, He doesn't want us to be enslaved by money. And I think the first thing that really made a difference in my life when I understood the concept of like not holding a tight grip to my money was just like of how much of a tight grip it was holding on me. I was so consumed and over-consumed and worried about it. And as soon as I just was kind of like, yeah, I like refuse to let this have so much control over me, I think is when I tied that aspect of like feeling like God wants us to be free. And even that control, like that money has control over us. And so not, not letting it. And I don't know if that's like a mind shift or, but like really understanding that God wants that too. God wants us to feel free, even under the control of money.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like even for me at a young age, Like, I remember working at McDonald's at 15 and giving to the church on Wednesdays. You know, I gave in my youth group and I saw mishandling of money growing up. And I think like it always like I don't know if it's the firstborn or like whatever it is uh, spirit, but like you don't want that. Right. And fully trusting god at an age of like oh, if i can give you know again like just the 10 percent that i'm making off the 750 an hour that i'm making then like <laughs> it's like it's small like to me i viewed it always in the perspective of small god's not asking for 90 percent; <laughs> he's mm-hmm. asking for the 10 and you know i think god always does the utmost of the little like you just see that throughout scripture and you know I, like as i was thinking about this you know in exodus it talks about like the israelites preparing the tabernacle which is like this holy site and like they (laughs) some of them gave very little you know it talks about some gave a fruit some gave you know a goat you know just to bring it to this portable place of worship and i think like if people could give a fruit or you know of that and then they see his faithfulness then when we're generous beyond the 10 percent or the tithe like what can god do You know, and like, I always want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what God is doing. And like, when we are giving above our tithe to either the church or, you know, being generous to friends or people in need, whatever I mean, whatever it is, you know, I just want to be a part of that and on the other side of that good thing that God calls us to do.
1: Church gives back to us and all that it does, but also you know missions or people that you see in the street. Whether it's a meal, you know, like we don't have to go and Mm -hmm. throw all our money out the windows. But just that understanding, like you said, Lizzie, you worked really hard for that money, and I could, you know, conversations I've had. There's always this justification back. Well, I worked really hard, so I'm just going to hold on to it. But in a sense, like you said, you thought you were controlling your finances, but you really felt like it also was controlling you and. How hard was it when you first started to tithe regularly?
0: Yeah, so I feel like I went in and out of tithing probably my whole life. And the I think we can look back in hindsight and our it all makes sense a little bit. But for me, it was very clear that God was speaking through specifically my grandpa. He was the week he died. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> my grandpa was always somebody who lived out just honestly being super generous. And he was somebody that I definitely confided in with my finances. Him and my mom were the only two people. Kind of when I got to that point of like, look at what I did for myself. Look at where I've got. And I was in the root of, root of buying a home. And I said, this is what I have. This is what I was going to put down. All these things, all mm-hmm. these practical things. And yeah, he was, we were in the hospital and he looked at me and he's like, you better be tithing. Mm-hmm. And I it just hit my spirit because I wasn't. And so it was then I went and I was like, okay, I did the calculation. So I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to tithe regularly. And I started And the next week I lost my job <laughs> and I still continued to tithe. And I lived in a house that I was paying for by myself and I was tithing. I was making no money. It kind of felt like, oh my gosh, like I've put another bill on myself and now I'm on my own. And we came out of quarantine and in the midst of 2020 and three months later bought a house. And in that time, I genuinely feel like I had the least amount of grip on money and I like had the least I'd ever had. And um, yeah, so tithing for me, I feel like was kind of a personal like hit to my heart, but also it was just something that someone I loved a lot really like listened to the
1: spirit and they spoke it out over me. Your willingness to you know hear from God through your grandpa I mean mm-hmm. there's nothing sweeter in my mind of like okay, yes, grandpa mm-hmm. like I know you you' started you know mm-hmm. ten years prior, yeah, you know that sense of like you you've done you'd, you have you had done the research you'd done the study, and just that sense of push and in the hardest se- one of the hardest seasons of your life, mm-hmm. and then you came out and do you feel like there was more fruit or did was there a way that you saw God's faithfulness or do you feel like because I think people they do that they get three to six months in they're like oh well why am I continuing on so what how did you continue on
0: yeah I think well three months in then I started working again and um sorry it's okay three months in I started working again and it just was like it just was kind of a no-brainer like shoot if I could make it I never struggled once with buying groceries or paying my mortgage or anything like that and so
1: you work in a career where you don't have consistent Mm -hmm. income yeah is there like for those that don't maybe have a salary or you know we've gone Mm -hmm. a little bit back and forth but you know with Isaiah you know you're working to pick up so how do you how do you do that each month I just could get emotional just like thinking of you both but just that sense of control it's true like Mm -hmm. what you said or just the way that you worked so hard Isaiah to not turn into something that you witnessed, you know, like a lot of people don't do that. They Mm -hmm. give up. So like, Mm -hmm. how, how do you determine what your tithe is? Do you do it at the beginning of the month Mm -hmm. or the end of the month based on, I guess, more so practically back to that way of quote unquote finding that 10% and then do you both pray together about what, how what it means to look like to be generous or, you know, there's been moments where in my spirit recently, I feel like God said, give this person a hundred dollars and I was like oh like really are you Mm -hmm. sure I just Mm -hmm. like I think I just my like my own flesh wants to give them a hundred dollars I don't really need it so like there's this justification I didn't check check myself with anyone how do you do that as a couple firstly determine like based on your income from the previous month and then two what do you do when you feel like God is calling you to give more
0: yeah. I mean, I'm a commission-based, like there's no guarantee I'm going to get paid at the end of the day or at the end of the week or the end of the month. And so for me, just because it's something that I've routinely like been accustomed to doing is I look at what's the most I made and then 10% from that. And I think, and humbly like that just comes from like, I've came to a place where I, like, I just refuse to let it have control over me. And so if I look at that 10%, I'm like, I don't like, if I just give that, like tied that, I'm not going to hold to it. Like, it's not mine anyway. And I think, um, so practical steps is just, like, looking at it and, like, realizing that, like, even if you have this lump sum before you take this 10% off, like, that genuinely is given to you to then do something with. And God gives me a healthy body to work and time to work and a job to work. And so if He gives me money that I get from that work, like, that 10% is the minimal I can give back. And so... I think we just look at that dollar amount and think, like, it's not...
2: It's not ours. It's not ours. (laughs) And
0: it seems simple, but if you just, like, continuously speak and pray that over, like, your heart will change in that. And I remember, like, putting Post-it notes up in my house and on the back of my doors and by my light switches, like, God, help me to... I mean, we have one on the back of our bathroom door right now that I keep up all the time. I read it... (laughs) read it, but it just says something along the lines of like, God, help me to remember that my time, possessions, money, people, like home is not mine, but of of yours. And so that reminder, I feel like goes into that practicality. Like, it's not like you just listen to this podcast and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. Right. Like you said, like that three to six months is like, you just have to like, look at it and be like, okay, in what ways since I started tithing, have I been just fine that I thought I wouldn't be? And, and just probably like, Keeping somebody accountable, like we have each other accountable to, like when Isaiah left his job, like, how is that going to change our tithing? Well, it's going to change it a little bit, but it's not going to change it a lot because I'm still working full-time and because I'm working more, we end up tithing more.
1: I like that. It's good. Isaiah, what does it look like when you feel like God is like saying, you know, like, do you have an example of a scripture or a song or a moment that you can think of recently where you felt like God was like encouraging you to be generous to someone specifically, whether it was a gift of time or money?
2: Yeah. I feel like as of lately, it's been like time just like where I'm at involved with ministry and all, you know, ministry life, et cetera. But in second Corinthians nine, it says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And I think that's not the full, you can read on in there, but it's just that little bit is just so encouraging. Because like, again, what side of things do you want to be on? Like, I want more for myself. I want more for Lizzie and I in our relationship. And like, so not holding tight-handed to money, time, possession. Like, Like a few weeks ago, I went and cleared out my closet. Like, it's just like the littlest things of like, giving like no matter what it may look like if it is of finances if it is of you know possession like i want to see that through in all aspects of our life not just like okay god here's your 10% and i'm going to keep everything else or i'm going to not be involved with anything else like i think that's so easy to come accustomed to because like we're all busy like (laughs) you know we're all living life and it's just like it's not like a train of thought or a mindset that i want to carry to Like, just be close-handed on everything. You know, people need that.
1: No, I, I really like that what you both are saying. You know, a lot of it is, like you said, your perspective and your mind. But I, just in this conversation alone, I mean, you both have a heart that wants to serve God. And so it's like learning and navigating, okay, on one income, you're four months into your marriage. Like, you both have a heart that really admires God. And I think people, you know, we have a lot of new believers and new people that, Are in our community specifically, and then those that are around you probably just think you have, you know, could just assume anything and everything. You know, I go back to your age of like, well, how is this? Or is it from a trust? You know, I mean, people make so many assumptions, but I think a lot of what this conversation is hopefully encouraging those listening is that it it really do comes from a heart place. And then it's battling those thoughts of fear, those thoughts of control, or those thoughts of like, okay, well, God, I am the husband, I'm the man of this house, why did you call me? Do you know that it's a huge risk right. in your personality and you know you so diligent and you're so thorough and just that sense of like how how your hearts really admire God. And just that sense of, I think, reminding people not only is God faithful, is he good, but also you're saying like you want to see an abundance in every area of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think whether people can freely give that ten percent, but maybe they can't give of their time, mm-hmm. the culture that we we live in is directed as let's take care of ourselves. Let's have time. And yes, mm-hmm. those things are important. Sabbath and rest and refreshment. But also, you know, what does that look like for those listening? Maybe it isn't their finances. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the time. Maybe yeah. it's the possessions. You know, I remember once when i it's funny you said the clothing thing. I was just telling Lizzie actually a couple hours ago that I have a really hard time getting rid of specific things that I own because I, I place a memory and attachment to it. When reality is I'm never gonna put this shirt on again. You know, and just fills fills this extra space that God is ultimately saying, like clear out, like mm-hmm. get rid of it. Yeah. It was a while back back, but I remember once feeling God told me to get rid of all of my clothes. I had like two or three outfits left and I was raising money to go on this trip and it was scary. And I, I definitely delayed. I definitely did not listen. I think I was like two, three, four weeks. I was like, not going to do it, not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then finally I did. And I'll never forget within an hour, I went to go check my mailbox and there's $900 of cash. Mm -hmm. I was just like, the stuff I gave probably was worth more than that, or maybe not, but it was just a sense of like, felt like God was just like, so like, in my core of like, do you trust me? Yeah. You can trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just really love that you guys are living examples of trusting God in your time, your possessions, your money. And ultimately, I imagine that that reflects back then into your relationship. You know, trusting God with each other, trusting mm-hmm. God with your communication, trusting God with your ministry, trusting God with the students that are underneath you, your friends, your family, you know, trusting God that He's got them covered, you know, and that sense of just, I love that what you both have said is you don't need to control those aspects because He can ultimately do it. Right, Lizzie, do you have a scripture you want to share? Yeah, I just, Isaiah and I got like the kind of what we
0: would be talking about today, but we didn't go through scripture of what we kind of thought together, but I just thought it was funny. One of the scriptures I highlighted was Second Corinthians 7 was, you must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And in my notes, I just wrote, when you give someone something you love, you want them to have it and you want to be eager about that. It's the same with our money and all the things you kind of mentioned to God. And I just, I want to be generous to bring glory to God. And I think just even in the podcast itself, like this is not a pressure for, like where you said to like, give your time or give your money, but it is just one of those things of like, what's something you love or what's something that controls your mind or your thought or your heart the most? And just begin to think like, okay, God, like you have it all. And what do I get back from that? Like, I guess you could think of it too, like our time with each other. Like, hey, God, you have all of our time, all 24 hours in the day. What do we, like, I trust you with Isaiah's 24 hours. I trust you with my 24 hours. What do we get back with each other? And I think you can look at it in any way there and just like know that if you're like cheerful about that and don't respond to the pressure, like of what you think you should do, like God will answer or make it really clear to you. But it's just funny that our scriptures lined up.
2: I think like a word of encouragement of just like if you aren't giving or if you aren't in that, whether that be financially or over your time, like I encourage you to just try, like start Mm -hmm. somewhere. And I remember, like, a conversation I had with, like, someone, like, very, when I was, like, younger, probably, I think, in youth group. But, like, they'd said, I just don't feel like God's moving in my life. Like, I, you know, gave my life to God, and I just don't feel, you know, since that point of doing that, like, He's moving in my life. And it had only been, like, a month. And I think it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm going to do this, and, like, I want to see results right away. But, like, with anything in life, it's so easy to say, but I would just encourage, like, if you've allowed or haven't done something for 10 years and then make a change in a day and then expect to see a result, which God can do that. But I encourage you to see and give God the chance to move mm-hmm. in bigger and, ways, and than, bigger 24 ways than 24 <laughs> <laughs> hours or the month that you've started giving of finances or time or, you know, whatever it is, you'll see it through.
1: How would you encourage someone to um, maybe have the boldness, or if they really feel like God is calling them to tithe, then their counterpart doesn't. What would you say for them to keep going or to keep trying? Is it prayer? Is it time? Is it reaching out to someone? Accountability for sure. I think it's like,
2: accountability with each other, and then praying over the spouse, praying over saying, you know, like w- try finding even in the meantime, like what? Well, what's what's the reason? Yeah, you don't want to give like what Mm -hmm. you know and i think it's easy like we're, we're living in a time where it's like people hold it's so easy to hold close to money because we don't know no one knows you know tomorrow it may be different but it's still the trusting aspect and then as a spouse that wants to give you know i encourage you to keep praying and allow god to show his faithfulness hopefully to the other spouse and let them see that this is worth something like we're investing into something we're doing something with their time and all that.
0: Yeah. And even if it's somebody like that, you both trust, like using their knowledge and their wisdom to kind of speak into your life. I feel like that's something for both of us. Like people have just, like I said earlier, just like showed us by example or like said, you know, people we both trust, like this is what you should be doing. And we're like, okay. And we know that obviously their heart comes from a heart of wanting to serve the Lord too, but yeah, just like, okay, keeping accountable with somebody who maybe is outside the two of you or, you know, has something that you admire, whether it's being debt free or, you know, having more generous income or whatever it is. So,
1: I know I love that. Thank you both for sharing today. I love that the conversation of trusting God is, yeah, that heart and that mind, but the practicality of, you know, people look at it very legalistically and mm-hmm. it, it, could be taken that way of, okay, give to 10% and move on. But ultimately that Mm -hmm. that's not God's heart. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that you guys communicated that and emphasized that today. Would one of you mind praying over our listeners? Yeah,
2: for sure. God, I just pray right now for the individuals listening, whether they are single or in a relationship, Mm -hmm. God, I just pray that you would allow them to see the perspective of your heart, Jesus, and that their heart and Mm -hmm. mind and eyes would be open to Mm -hmm. what, what you're calling us to do. And that's to give financially, that's to give of our time and of our possessions, maybe it's even just opening up our home to someone. And God, I just pray that people would see that. People would see your heart and that they would see your understanding. And I I pray, you know, for people that are struggling financially currently, God, that you would just Mm -hmm. um, bring favor where they need it, God, that you'd bring the reassurance and they would just have a rise up in their faith moment, God, where they know that they can trust you and they know that they can just seek your kingdom out for what it's worth, God. And I just pray for maybe anyone that is just struggling with how do I navigate this? Mm -hmm. How do I do this? That you would just give them one area in their mind Mm -hmm. and one area in their heart, God, that, that you're calling them to give deeper of. And Mm -hmm. God, we know that you can do that. And we're here to be vessels and conduits of what you're speaking to us. God. So I thank you for that. In Jesus name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's echo church podcast podcast. Feel free to check out the cliff notes for the scriptures Lizzie and Isaiah shared, as well as visit www.wearetheecho.church for more information. Thanks for listening, and we hope you tune in next week.